welcome to the first episode of our conversation on Giants in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. I'm Megan and with me for this series is the ever-enlightening Casey. And this episode is going to act as an intro to Giants and a quick look at the biggest and bestest of them all, Storm Giants. But before we get started, Casey, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Hey, Megan. Hi, Casey. <laughs> welcome to the Guild House. So exciting. Uh... Who am I? Um, okay, so I came to BC from the Saskatchewan Prairies, so I am very happy to live in this climate versus that. And um, since I moved, I fell in love with D&D even more than I did before, mm-hmm. which is really nice. I am basically an expert in all aspects of nerd. I will say I am a scientist, so where I may lack in one sense of the word nerd, I make up for it. In, in the other side of it. Yeah. I feel like you're the smartest one of all of us, to be honest with you. Uh, you definitely have well, a brain mind, so. I mean. <laughs> I, I mean, at the D&D table, for sure, it comes out that you're smarter than the rest of us, for sure. <laughs> You're so kind. I try to be. See, I'm nice. I'm nice to people. Casey doesn't know that in this podcast, everybody thinks that I'm a big meanie. So, <laughs> but I'm a very nice person. <laughs> I believe you. And we will see how we survive this whole adventure right now. <laughs> I'm stoked. <laughs> All right. So in this series, we will be working our way through the ordning, which we will get into great depth over the next few episodes. I'd like to take this moment to just mention that trolls will be getting into and highlighting their own spotlight uh, in early and late summer, so we will not be covering them in this series at all. So please don't come at us. If you want to come at us, come at Adam. He's you know he's our organizer, so tell him that he's an idiot. Uh, but that's fine with me because you trolls. But before we get started, something that Casey decided that we're going to do is that we'll probably have a pairing of wine with each giant that we talk about. So, Casey, tell us, what are we drinking today? Well, because why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> wine not, if we will. <laughs> so, oh so what did you pick God. out for us today to talk about giants in general? So, we're starting off with a red blend today um, called Hope's End. Run away to the dark side to a place called Port Misery. It's South Australian. And I must say, <laughs> in the first few sips, it is delicious and it's going to... Help me survive this. It's really not that bad. I was a little bit nervous when you said I haven't tried this wine before, but I'm like, all right, here we go. Well, I probably haven't found many wines that I don't like, so I feel like we're doing pretty good. Yeah. So did you choose it because it matches Giants, or did you choose it because it matches our lack of hope for this doing very well? Um, Both. Yeah, okay. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so let's just jump right into it then, shall we? So what are Giants, you ask? Well, they are huge monolithic creatures that are legitimately gigantic and weirdly elementally based, which is something that not a lot of people consider if they start reading about giants to begin with. For being a creature in 5th edition that is kind of super iconic, we actually don't see or hear them or hear about them a lot or not re- or they're usually utilized as a big bad evil guy. They're not really like to be fair like Casey right away, do you have any experience with giants in game? Well, because I have played with homebrew Adam campaigns for the last five-ish years. Mm -hmm. Lots. I think I've seen them all, and they have royally fucked us up and been our allies. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I highly do not recommend going up against fire giants, for one. (laughs) That ends badly. Uh, Hill giants were a nightmare, but they're so hilarious because they're so dumb that you can kind of go up against them with some magic and convince them to do things, which sometimes works, but that con just destroys you as well. So (laughs) run away a lot of the time. (laughs) Run away from the giants. Uh, (laughs) I love that. Um, And you'll learn why, but before we dig too deep into the stature, let's talk about what I mentioned earlier. The Ordning. So there are six main giants. Some of them we've already kind of named them a little bit here or there. Casey's pouring us some wine. Phenomenal. Can you fill my glass here? I sure can. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. Uh, this is going to be the theme of the day. So if you want to pick up a glass of wine and listen to us with us together, please do so. Um, we don't encourage drinking if you don't want to, but if you should choose, choose enjoy. Certainly. Um, all right. So again, there are six main giants. There's the Cloud, Frost, Hill, Stone, and Storm which within the ordning are assigned a very specific rank. So this is actually something that I learned was really neat about giants as a whole, which I did not understand when I kind of went into this. So the order is as follows. Storm are at the top, cloud comes next, fire after, then frost, then stone, then hill, and then all the kin. So like your ettins and your ogres and your other, like your trolls and your other giant-esque creatures, shall Mm -hmm. we say. 
So this ranking system is so specific that the lowest tier of a storm giant colony would actually still outrank the highest ranked cloud giant. Cool. So it's not like their chieftains match the chieftains of each clan. It's very much, if you are a storm giant, no matter what class or level you are, you are better than a cloud giant. You are better than a fire giant. You are still top tier, shall we say. Very cool. Yeah. As I mentioned, they are giant. In fact, Volos likes to remind us of four, four very specific things about giants. They are huge, they are heavy, they are loud, and they are strong. So I feel like you can't really miss that you're coming up to a giant. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's hard not to miss that there's something gigantic and ginormous in front of you, I guess. But that's what she said. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. It can be shocking. It can be very, ever so shocking <laughs> when something loud and screaming comes at you, I feel. All right, but what else is there to know about them? Well, sadly, a lot of their history is lost. They are thought to, be, to predate even the elves and the dragons of the land as they were birthed um, with the world itself. So they predate everything is kind of the theory here. The smallest amount of history that we can trace is that every giant feels or knows that they can be traced back to their bloodline, which is the Allfather, also known as Anam. He was thought to bed many wives. Nice. Good on him. Mm-hmm. Despite having his traditional mate named Oth... Othia? Othia. Othia? Othia. Let's go with Othia. Othia? I like it. Othia for today. And this is supposed to explain why there are so many different types of giants with very particular sets of skills. Uh, But we'll we'll cover more about that in a sec. But, uh, I mean, you talked a little bit about your experience with giants. My experience with giants is very similar. Adam does like to use them in our campaigns as big bad evil guys or just things to fight to try and get somewhere. I feel like he throws these at us because he knows that we're going to outdo anything else that he throws at us. So this is his big, fine, fuck it, giants it is then, is kind of the feel I get. Mm -hmm. I think especially when uh, Dan's character is pissing him off, he'll he'll do that as well. (laughs) I like that you're already throwing shade at Dan and you're new to this. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I can. <laughs> Absolutely. You have, you have a lot of experience playing with Dan's character. I'm not sorry, Dan. Sorry. Sorry, no. Dan. Not sorry, Dan. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> that's Giants as a whole. As a, like, But what we're going to do is we're going to break it down. I'm going to talk a little bit about their gods um, and go through a little bit about that. Um, you can find information about their gods in many different places. You can find it in Volos. You can find it in the Monsters Manual. You can find it in a couple of different books and places. But again, a lot of their history is lost, so a little bit of information about their gods can be hard to find. But a little bit of the history that we do have, which I mentioned earlier, is Anam, the Allfather. It is thought he created the giants to be masters of the world and that their stature was so that they could tower over the lands and be able to see all corners of the world and just be able to rule and be amazing. He is also the creator of the Ordning, so which we, which we talked about before, um, giving them the status hierarchy to make sure that things are ruled accordingly. And the thing to know is that the giants don't mind this. They actually respect each other. And their territories and internal territory battles were not really a thing. They just accept that the ordning is a thing. This is what we do. In fact, they actually have their own specific areas to rule to kind of keep them a little bit separate. So storm giants are both land and sky, but they tend to hide in different places. Cloud giants are in floating castles in the sky and they actually serve the storm giants. Stone and fire are obviously in the mountains. That visually checks out to me. Um, Frost giants are protectors of the glaciers. And finally, hill giants are just kind of scattered everywhere about. So how did these mighty beings fall? The little we know is that during their reign over the world, they were primarily hunkered in the lands of Astoria, which were surrounded by dragons. This is actually what is referred to as the Thousand Year War. And this is where it kind of took place between these two gargantuan creatures, the giants and the dragons. Wow, bring a bag of popcorn for that. <laughs> I, I just, it seems, because dragons are always so, especially in Dungeons & Dragons, when you think I play Dungeons & Dragons, dragons are to me the big, big bad at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's weird to think that they actually had a an adversary that was worth having a war over because it was difficult to fight them. You know? Yeah. Such a weird concept to me. Terrifying. Yeah, I can't even imagine sitting there watching that. I'd be like, all right, well, this is when we evacuate and we never come back. We're out of here. (laughs) But anyways, it's thought that they battled each other tooth and nail over the lands and territory. And not necessarily just over the lands and territory, but also for personal reasons. They really just didn't like each other. And then it was told that uh, Garrix, the red dragon, was the one who finally did the giants in and the rule fell. 
This is the history that the giants do know and hold true to. And those that live now will always have a need to rise up to greatest greatness once again and will always hate dragons. Dragons and giants do not like each other. Not possible. I don't care what kind of lore you wanted to do. I don't feel like you can have a giant and a dragon be friends. And I think it's just because both generations would hold true to the history in my mind. I have a question. What's up? I'm throwing you, Megan. Does that impact how giants react to dragonborn? I would imagine so, in my mind. I would in my campaign. It's just like pure disdain. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, Or any kind of lizard folk, I wonder. Potentially. However, mm-hmm. like I think that because they would be so small in comparison, they would be like, oh, how the mighty have fallen now. You know what I mean? I feel like that would be the attitude a giant would have towards a dragonborn or a lizard folk or even a kobold. They'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will squish you between my thumb and finger. Yeah. <laughs> you will be murdered. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. A place of note uh, is the capital called Vonenheim. This was thought to be such a great castle that not even the giants could have built it due to its large stature. But in the end, it was thought to over time have been frozen over by glaciers and now impossible to find. So some giants actually aspire to find these long lost lands. So again, I feel like that's a really good story hook is finding the long lost lands of their once great castle, right? Mm -hmm. After the kingdoms fell, Anam dismissed and disowned his children and basically said, get your shit together or I'm never coming back. So this is the dad that went out for cigarettes and then never came home. Wow. Harsh. Right? Yeah. As like your 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 all God, your all father, he's like, peace out, get your shit together. Yeah. Grow up. Fuck you very much. Thanks. <laughs> so most giants don't worship Anam like a god because of this reason. Like, I mean it, it, Makes sense. It's fair. Absolutely fair. Instead, they worship and respect his direct sons and daughters. And he has six sons named Stronmus. Oh, this is gonna be bad. Stromnus, which is the champion of storm giants, Memnor, which is cloud, Searcher, which is fire, Trim, which is frost, Scorius, stone bones, which is stone, and Grolantor from the hills. As for daughters, he does have named daughters. There's Hyatia, which is the huntress and the home warden, and Ialinus, which is of love and peace. They are thought to be goddesses of um, their existence. Um, and then there's Diane Castra, which is the trickster. So I thought that was a good, weird triad of daughters. You know what I mean? Thinking of, like, the dad that has three daughters. I feel like this is the worst combo to possibly have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a huntress, love and peace, and a trickster. So basically you have a whore, a fighter, <laughs> and then a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Covered all the bases there. <laughs> anyway, some would even follow Anam's mate, Othia. Othia. We decided Othia, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And if a giant really wanted to stick it to their father, they joined a cult. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, giants can join cults. In fact, they would specifically join cults of Baphomet or Kostucci, which is a weird one to say, uh, which would get you thrown out of your clan right quick if they were found out that you were a, you know, you ran away and joined a cult. Like, I feel like that's a classic... um, family trope. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. Anyways, that's kind of like yeah. a little bit of the history that we know. So Casey, how'd that make you feel? Um, uninformed on giants. <laughs> how very dare. I feel like I was very informative. <laughs> Meaning I learned a lot in that spiel. Okay. Um, yeah, don't worry. I, I feel like there's a lot of angles that you could take this and lots of them could either be the bane of a campaign or Mm. like the benefit of a campaign. You could maybe seek to negotiate with some of them by finding them in their lands and seeing if they will ally with you. Or in a campaign, you could potentially be forced to make your way through one of their like layers or where they tend to be and hope to like goodness that you can make it through without them finding you. But, again, if it's Adam's campaign, they're finding us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> if there's a risk that there's going to be a giant where we're walking around, guaranteed, like, dollars to donuts, it will, we will find it. Mm-hmm. And it will find us, and we will have to deal with it. And it will be one of those things where it's just, like, either we fight it and get killed, or we do what Adam wants us to do, and we talk to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we never talk to them, so... No, because that's less fun. It's absolutely less fun. <laughs> Let's try and kill this thing first. And then if that fails, then we'll try and negotiate with an angry giant. Because that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Doing it in that order. <laughs> yeah. As long as you have a healer, I mean, that's good. This is actually the campaign we're running now. Is the first time we're having like a legit healer. Not to do anything about, like, say anything bad about your paladin. How? <laughs> the last campaign. Shots fired, <laughs> <laughs> You've been here one day. <laughs> 
a lot for us. And it helped at the time. But you really, really do need a cleric when you're going against giants. Yeah, or, my- like a, yeah like a life cleric that can bring you back from the dead because you're going to get squished. But yeah. like, the audacity of this bitch. Guys. I'm thrown down, okay? Yeah, just absolutely just thrown down razors. Um, how would you use this, uh, in, use this in the history? Like, how would you use the history in a campaign? Um, hmm, how would I? Great question. Mm-hmm. Well, I would, like, something that I would do is I would definitely dip into the brothers and the sisters. Like, I feel like that's a great thing to, like, tie into and pull into because I feel like these are the giants that you wouldn't fight. These are the big, big bads you seek out for information about a, a giant you're trying to find or a dragon you're trying to find. Like, uh-huh. if you're trying to find a dragon, hunt out one of these brothers or sisters that may have had, like, a tussle or a history with it, right? Because um, I feel like I feel like I've, I've fought giants and I've had giants in campaigns, but never in my life did I learn anything about giants existing and why they exist and why no one is more afraid of them or other than just to not run into one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what yep. about you? Fair point. Yeah, I agree. And I think we could potentially find means and ways to strike a bargain, especially with storm giants, um, to see if they can be allies in a future venture. And Mm -hmm. that might bode well by selecting one of the appropriate brothers or sisters to do that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And that could be one of your tasks to do before, you know, the big final battle is to try and get an ally from one of these brothers or sisters. Or get like an ally from each, um type of giant mm-hmm. yeah be like a, you need a storm giant you need a cloud giant you need a hill giant like you need one yeah. of each and you need to rock up with six giants and that's the only way you're going to kill this thing yeah and that would also be a great segue for pretty much every player character to then make a deal with one of them and usually that's doesn't end well but you make the deal anyway because you want to survive mm. so each player character could also then be tasked like to have that connection and that deal with one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I feel like it's also a really good opportunity to tie into characters' backgrounds as well. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be traveling to so many different lands, eventually you're probably going to hit every hometown of every one of your playing characters, which yeah. means they're going to get a small story arc. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to get the um, mountain dwarf or what have you. You're going to go to the mountains to find yourself a fire giant and he has to deal with his daddy trauma. Yeah. And then you get the fire giant. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a lot of really cool tie-ins, especially because they're elemental. Like, I feel there's just a lot of really cool tie-ins that you can do. Yeah, love it. That's so good. All right, speaking of, let's start talking about storm giants. Yay! They're really cool. <laughs> I what? know. Right? Am I wrong? <laughs> like, there's, they're actually pretty dope. They are the most majestic and highest on the totem pole of the Ordning. Uh, they are thought to be very in-tune seers, which is something that I thought was so cool. Since they're basically one with the Earth itself... So they tend to live with um, either very high up in the clouds or very below down within the earth. So think like watery caverns and caves. So they tend to hide themselves in the highest peak or the lowest peak, basically. Uh, For looks, they have purple pale skin and sharp green eyes, and they're thought to be calm and collected until angered. So again, this kind of makes you feel like it's that dad that like, it's very hard to piss off. But once you do piss off, you you run across the house and you're, mm-hmm. you hide in a closet kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, that, that probably brought up a lot of trauma for people, but like, that's just how I imagined it in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, they are known to be the distant prophet kings. That's also something that they're kind of known for. Because they are so far removed from society, not many creatures have seen one. And they are considered to be detached oracles, as they feel they are the closest to Anam and that their people's and their people's history and have the strongest will to restore what was once their great kingdom. So these are the ones that are kind of like closest to dad. And they're just like, yeah, like we will be great again one day and we will be the ones that rise up to do this. And, and with that, it is thought that they know the way of the world and which kings will rise and which kings will fall. So this comes back to them being seers. In fact, people will seek out a storm giant for a reading. So, like, if you're a great king or a great leader or a great anything and you want to know if you're going to be successful, sometimes you'd seek out a storm giant or a storm giant or, like, because they're considered oracles. They're going to tell you if you're going to be successful or not. So Mm -hmm. all I can think of is Vikings in my head when they go to the oracles to be like, hey, like, am I going to be successful? Can you bless me? Blah, 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 blah. Right? So I think, again, that's a really cool adventure, like, tie-in story. Yeah, and I feel like if... It could be a a one-shot campaign or, well, which one-shots end up being four-shots. Hmm, that's mm-hmm. what she said. <laughs> Casey! 
But where, like, a group is tasked by some lazy-ass king or queen that wants to know the information from a storm giant but doesn't actually want to go themselves. They'll be like, I will pay you handsomely and go go find this storm giant and, you know. <laughs> find out find out my history, right? Well, that would be a great, like, um, campaign starter because you could basically be, like, the paladin of some great king and they'd be like, I need you to go on this journey, find your finest men. Right. And seek out this storm giant and figure out if we are going to be successful in the war to come. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And even better if the campaign, like, group doesn't really know much about storm giants. And so they have to, like, pick up information along the way just about when they're searching for it, what people say, and the rumors about whoever, whichever one they're trying to find. And, yeah. Hoped and pray it goes well. What a fun <laughs> twist it would be if the paladin made it to the storm giant and was like, "Hey, like this is my great king. Is he going to be successful?" And he'll be like, "No, but you will be." Right? Bada! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Love me a good kill your master story. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we have had a few of those. In our right? I love killing a you know. A deity just makes me so happy inside. Yeah, I mean, one of my characters uh, killed its master and then wore its skull as a mask. That's so. true. <laughs> and that, that's your most famous character. Um, I think we've talked about Acra before on the podcast many times. Uh, nice. But Casey is the uh, the wielder of Acra, our black dragonborn fucking necromancer lich. Yeah, <laughs> just a whole bunch of bullshit. Yep. She is amazing. I'll go down in history for that one. I'm fine with that. I feel like you're, I feel, yeah. So I feel like my paladin and your um, necromancy wizard uh, were opposite sides of the spectrum, which was a lot of fun to play at the table. Yeah. So. Especially because they actually did love each other. Oh, very and, much so. <laughs> like had each other's backs, but it's like, but one day I will kill you. And then we did. We killed, we literally <laughs> killed then, each other in our arms. Yeah. It was battle royale. <laughs> Was it? It was off a cliff or something, wasn't um, it? <laughs> I, yeah, I speared your heart and then you started falling. And then my character realized what she had done and killed you. So she jumped <laughs> off the cliff, grabbed onto your body, and then it was Lockie's character that arrowed my character through the heart. And then we all died. Fucking dark. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Thanks for that internalized trauma. <laughs> all right, anyways, anyway. Anyway. Back to Storm Dreads. <laughs> So they are also considered to live solitary lives, which means they tend not to speak to even their own kind. Um, basically, they only speak to each other to share omens or stories or just to share their general knowledge about what's going on and what's happening, if it is a necessity. But otherwise, they live their life very much on their own. In fact, once a storm giant comes of age, they immediately travel to a place of isolation, such as within the clouds or within the caverns below the ground, to live out their lives. And then the thing to remember here about storm giants is as long as they are left alone, they will leave you alone. Mm -hmm. So they have no interest in you if you don't bother them. So if you don't go poking around their cavern, throwing spears at them, they're going to be like, cool, feel free, travel through, whatever you want to do, just don't bother me, right? But since they see themselves as such godly beings, they will squash you and put you in your place if they need to. <laughs> so if your paladin or your rogue rocks up being like, hey, they'd be like, okay. This is like, it's like my role with spiders. I understand that you have a purpose in this world and I accept that you kill all of the bugs around me and I respect that you have a purpose in my existence, but I don't need to see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the silent understanding. If I see it, I'm going to squish you. So I feel like I am the storm giant to a spider as a storm giant is to the rogue <laughs> in your party. <laughs> it makes absolute sense, Megan. <laughs> I like to think that I make a lot of sense. I also realized we didn't switch wines for Storm Giants, but... Oh, shit, we didn't. Well, <laughs> down this one, because we got another bottle. <laughs> we did actually buy another bottle of wine for Storm Giants. So let me just grab it. We're going to talk about it. All right, so Casey, what are we drinking for Storm Giants? Um, well, let's just crack. Thank goodness for screw-offs. <laughs> uh, that's the name of your sex tape. <laughs> it's so fast and convenient. Mm. done, right? Okay. Um... Okay, so this one is Cave and Cove Vineyards. It's a Pinot Grigio from California. I Did you go to California <laughs> and pick this up? Is that what you're telling me right now? I went right down to the California aisle. Right down to the them, their California aisles. <laughs> okay. Yeah, in the BC liquor store. Yes. So surprisingly, it is very difficult to find a wine that pertains and relates to storm giants. Or just storms in general. I feel like I feel like yeah. we are so hell-bent on the word storm. 
Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, it's tough once you're you're strolling down, you know, the California aisles and other aisles. It's uh it's not it's where you're gonna find really, a <laughs> really hard. <laughs> but I feel this is where I went with it, is Cave and Cove, it's generally places when you're adventuring and on the road again. Like I love to play in the campaigns. Yeah. <laughs> you, you love a good downtime uh random encounter. Yeah. I mean roll the dice, see what yeah. happens. I also feel like because storm giants live in caves and coves. It works. Yeah. Right? You will come across caves and coves. They might be your shelter and for the for the night, and then you will find very scary things in there, including potentially storm giants, and especially when we get into the next discussions on, like, the quintessent, you may not even know it's there. 100%. <laughs> All right, let's try so, this sucker. Yeah, let's do this. I hope that picks up. Me too. I think it will. <laughs> All right, let's try the sucker out. Cheers. A little sweeter than I thought it would be. Yep. It definitely goes down easy. It does. Uh, maybe because we had hopes end first. Um, mm-hmm. goes down a little bit easier. Since we're still talking about Storm Giants, kind of give you a little bit of a run through. Um, what are some of the things that kind of stood out to you about Storm Giants as a whole? And how would you, what, what maybe like, uh, how would you use it in a campaign, do you think? I think they could play a really key uh, point that could be several sessions in a like long haul campaign and be a huge source of information on what's to come in a campaign especially mm-hmm. um i like that they're super smart and you know maybe won't kill you if you try to talk to them but maybe they will absolutely <laughs> and i love the fact that they can essentially be right beside you in their like whatever their layer and you have no idea so it's like, as soon as you have that sense of comfort of, oh, this is fine, this is going to be fine, yeah. then like out of the clouds or out of the, the swirling wind and rain <laughs> and whatever, then it's somebody just starts talking to you and it's a storm giant. So I think that's the coolest thing about them is they're very versatile for tailoring to a campaign setting yep. that they could pop up at different times depending on where you are. Absolutely. And the fact that they're not necessarily forward aggressors, mm-hmm. I think is such a neat thing about them. Because when you think giant or you think fire giant or you think I have fought giants before, it's kind of like how I go back to like kobolds. Your first instinct is to kill it. Mm-hmm. But like with a storm giant, again, if you don't fight it, it's not going to fight you. It, it's some and people actually seek them out, and it will give people readings. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a very calm and collected being. You know what I mean? And so I just I feel like I would definitely want to. It's the most interesting thing to me about them. I know what I love about them. Agreed. Um, there is a bit of a, a point of interest with the moods of Stronmus. Did you have any notes about that or thoughts and feelings? Yeah, I thought this was really cool. So. You can read more about it in Volos, but it's Moods of Stronmos. Is that how we're pronouncing Stronmos? it? Stronmos? 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 Stronmos. They're going to be so mad that we didn't research how to pronounce things. 100%. Stronmos? We'll do Stronmos. Just say it really fast. Uh, Stronmos. Stronmos. Um, the, <laughs> so, um, he is the eldest son of Anam's kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that's interesting is he actually liked his siblings, and wasn't the typical storm giant, which is probably why he's the point of interest. Yeah. Uh, he was more jovial and aloof. And when he wasn't, like, brooding the resting bitch face like most giants would be until you disturb them, mm-hmm. um, he actually did, like, joke and laugh and kind of show that side. Yeah. Which is very, very rare in giants. Um, like you had said, they're quiet and reserved when they're by themselves, which is most of the time. They're very recluse and they don't interact with even other giants that often. Um, they secretly actually have like family reunions oh and like the the outback outback. Yeah. Where they do like I'm thinking like dancing around a bonfire with drinks and they do that amongst themselves and have like a kick-ass time. Just nobody knows they do it. And <laughs> so they don't like let it out either. <laughs> They're just like, yes, we are recluse. We hate everybody and even each other. Um, that's what they portray. Yeah. And so they just go so remote that no other creature will really see them doing this. And then they have these, like, like parties. <laughs> I fucking love that. Like, yeah. to your point, it ties into, the, like, the idea that they are actually, like, social creatures. And they're, like, they're interested in having connections with their family. So kind of like how I said earlier about how they would 
the only time they would talk to each other is for what to swap stories and to tell each other tales and give each other important news. I feel like they have these family reunions specifically just to be <laughs> like, hey man, what's up? Where you been for the last 10 years? Like, yeah, this last millennia, how you been? Totally. And I feel like uh, Stronmos is uh, the one that kind of instigates a lot of that in it. And he's probably the one that, like, brings the keg. Oh, 100%. (laughs) And he's, like, the sibling that, like, organizes it. Being like, okay, at 10 a.m. we all arrive. Yeah. At 10.30, brunch is going to start. Karen, you need to bring the pineapple and make sure it's cut this time because I'm not doing that. You need to bring (laughs) it pre-cut. Fix it. Fix it. (laughs) Fix it for the next time. Um, Yeah, and then they do that. And then they just all part ways and go back to, like, the mysterious, gloomy, grim facade that they put in place for everyone else. I would love to see the family reunion <laughs> photo that comes out of that. <laughs> yeah. <amazing. laughs> all right. With that, with that I'm going to dump into some Storm Giant stats to give you a little bit of a breakdown of kind of how one of these would work in combat, in battle, and just in general how you would use them within your campaign. Storm Giants, they are chaotic, good, and huge creatures. They actually average 26 feet tall. Uh, which is something to, I feel like I did look at like a little graph. There's a graph, I believe in one of the books where it shows the different heights of the different giants and storm giants are the tallest. And I wonder if that has something to do with why they're most largest and majestic of the the older siblings, shall we say. Likely. So the cool thing is that they can both breathe air and water. I think that kind of checks out because we did talk about how they tend to either live within the clouds or underground in watery caverns. And this also actually means they have a whopping swim speed of 50 um, as well as a regular walking speed of 50. However, the walking speed for me checks out because in my mind, their stride is your 30 feet. Oh, God. You know what terrifying. I mean? Like, because I feel like if you take stride into account when you're walking, it makes sense that they can just outpace you in one turn. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so they are not easily murdered either. So they do have a huge health pool. And they do have monster-like strength and constitution and are a CR of 13. And they have a resistance to cold and an immunity to lightning and thunder. So they've got quite a, quite a bit of immunity to most things. Um, resistant quite a bit. And then they're strong and they've got a good constitution. So this is like hard to hit, super hard hitting. And like, again, like you don't want to piss them off in my mind. Yeah. And there's no hope of like doing any sort of spell casting on them to like for, for mind fuckery. It just will never work. No, absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely not. Uh, they also have skill saves and Yeah, so this is the point. They also have skill saves in Strength, Con, Wisdom, and Charisma. Yes. So <laughs> all spellcasting things in 5th edition are tend to be charisma-based these days. So, like, the only the only thing they can, you can't save on is intelligence, which is, like, what? A, like, a sorcerer? I don't know. But, like, everything else mm-hmm. is wisdom and charisma-based. There's not a lot of intelligence-based spell mm-hmm. pools anymore. They can speak to you as they do speak common. I feel like they've been around for many, many moons. They can probably speak any kind of common language of the area that they're around. But of course, they always also speak giant. Due to being elemental, they also have the ability to spell cast, which most giants will. For these folks, um, they do have unique skills that kind of suit their element, shall we say. For these folks and these giants, their unique spells that they, they can cast and that suit them is they do have detect magic, feather fall, levitate, and light, which is... An interesting one. I wonder if it's because they're in caverns that they have the ability to do light. Feather fall, maybe because if they fall from the clouds. I don't know. Maybe they're yeah. just trying to make a storm giant look graceful. But then again, if you think that storms, <laughs> if you think storms and air and weather, like it makes sense they have control over air. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Now, now that I'm saying it out loud, it kind of makes more sense. Yeah. So, and they can cast any of those at will, by the way. And then three times per day, they can cast control weather and water breathing. So again, I feel like that suits them for, of course, being storm giants in the clouds, X, Y, Z, or water breathing because they are below the water. Also, I feel like that that would be very useful. Could you imagine if you got stuck in an underwater cavern and then there was a storm giant that was going to help you out, but they're like, okay, well, I can't get out because I I can't breathe underwater. And after you have to do one of those like dives into the water under the cavern. And it's like, that's fine. I can just cast water breathing on you. It's okay, my guy. I got you. It's like, what a helpful, what a helpful storm (laughs) giant that would be. Um, (laughs) Anyways, these all kind of check out to me based on their element. That's kind of what I'm getting at. So for actions and fighting one of these, of course, they're giants, they're brutes. Um, They have a giant greatsword. How large do you think that greatsword is? Should we roll for it? (laughs) (laughs) Roll for sword size? We like rolling for size. Phenomenal. But yeah, the storm giant will either attack you with its sword or, weirdly enough, a rock. And yes, it is written in the book that one of their abilities is that they throw rocks. 
So when um, all else fails, just look around you and pick up a rock, which would probably be the size of a car, and then whip it at you. <laughs> I just imagine you rocking up to a storm giant that's holding its sword, and it's just like, oh, this is intimidating. I'm going to stay at a far distance. This is going to be easy enough. And all of a sudden, your wizard just gets literally rocked by a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That did not go how I thought. Oh. <laughs> and then, again, because they are elemental, they do have the special ability where they can use lightning strike, which is basically Zeus hurling a lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, that's their storm effective awesomeness, basically. <laughs> but, yeah, that's to, that summarizes your basic and once over of what a storm giant is. So, I, any thoughts on their abilities or something that you feel like you would utilize in a campaign, Casey? Okay. <laughs> um, like rocks. Rocks. Says. Rocks. <laughs> try to avoid areas with rocks if you're going to meet a storm giant. Um, I feel like when encountering a storm giant, this is what a like DM will rely on is that one player character in the group that is just going to like shoot an arrow at the storm giant while it's going like who goes there and then it's like ping like off the side of his head and it's like what the the fuck (laughs) and then all hell will break loose because it will be like uh no you fucking didn't and then that's the like battle royale happening right there oh absolutely i can just i can also see the storm giant being like what the fuck is wrong with you you come into my house to see me mm-hmm. and you want to ask me questions and you're pulling this shit get the fuck out and then it just picks up a car sized rock and throws it at your party and that's the end yeah. of that tpk yeah. we're done yeah <laughs> yeah so it could go that way um, or if there's some sort of way to restrain and gag the character that's going to do that, then you can roll in and actually see if you can get out of it alive with what you came for. Okay, so anytime so Dan's character is in there, we have to, we have to I mean, Dan's character. I wasn't going to say it. I said it. I'll say it. <laughs> Adam's like, yes, it would be Dan's character. 100%. No matter what player Dan's play, it would just be, okay, Dan, we're going to hog tie you to a pole and then we'll, yeah. we're going to go take care of this. So I feel like it leaves a lot open to the group to decide how it goes. Yeah. And which would be, I think, very interesting for a DM to be like, well, I'm ge- I'm throwing this at them and see how they handle it based on like character, like player character knowledge and then like the campaign knowledge too. Yeah. If they actually know what they're getting into with a storm giant. Yeah. I feel like that's always difficult with the team that we play with because we tend to play with people that have like a wealth of knowledge of different (laughs) monsters that sometimes rocking up to a cavern and like even even Adam will try and be like ominous about the kind of big big bad you're about to fight and it's all of a sudden someone who's like oh I know what this is. I know. And then you are sitting there like well, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, should I be scared? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to talk to it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right, Casey, what you got for us? I think you're going to take us through the Storm Giant Quintessent. Yes. So this is pretty cool. Um, again, in doing so much research on giants <laughs> to join you today, Megan. Mm. Um, Storm Giant Quintessent is just like the most fucking amazing ability. Um, it's been very interesting to learn all about this. Uh, so basically when storm giants are in a position where like they might die, they can do one last effort to avoid the end of their natural life. And that is basically spinning themselves into, um, dispersing themselves into nature, literally transforming themselves into a semi-conscious storm. Yeah, so they basically... So they become a storm. Yeah, they become a storm cloud. (laughs) Just like one giant storm cloud. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, thus called a storm giant quintessent. And so, like, it can be a blizzard. It can be, like, a vortex raging in the ocean. It can be a thunderstorm. And it's just, like... Absolutely terrifying to actually witness this in person, I imagine. Yeah. Um, And someone may not even know that that is a storm giant. They might just see the storm and be like, well, let's avoid that. That looks very, very... Fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually a storm giant in this this other form. This emotional form. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. When a storm giant uh, moves into this quintessent form, it sheds all its armor and weapons obviously to just be more of a like 
morph and a mist yeah, or whatever. Like, I don't need this shit. I'm going to kill you with lightning. Yeah. But then it can still just make weapons out of thin air. So when it needs a weapon, it will just, like, pull it. That's fucking badass. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like a tornado. It's like when you're watching, like, Twister and the tornado is just full of random shit. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's a nice sword that I'm going to use. Phenomenal. Yeah. And then when it doesn't need it anymore, it just, like, like it just disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. And then if the giant actually dies, then the weapon disappears, too. So you can't, like, go strolling through, I don't know, the mountainside and then see, like, a giant ass, like... <laughs> Weapon that came from some sort of quintessent, but yeah, but very, very cool. Um, and what else is cool about it in that form? The storm giant can actually revert back to its true giant form on a whim if it wants to. Um, but the change is temporary because it is basically on its last leg, like it, it avoided death doing this, but it can reform to talk to somebody um, or do something in that form, and then it goes back. So oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. So yeah. I also think this would be really cool as an encounter, like even on, uh, like when you're on the road. <laughs> you love. Lo- I don't think. I don't think that this is something to say for a random encounter <laughs> on the road. Yeah. Adam, don't take notes on this. Adam, do not take notes on this. Do not listen to Casey. <laughs> but if you're like. I don't know, you're a traveling party and somebody rolls really bad for the random encounter on the road, Mm -hmm. you can come across some sort of thunderstorm or some sort of, like, cyclone going on, like, in the distance on the water, and then eventually you kind of have to make your way near it, and then suddenly it changes into a storm giant in the normal form. Yeah. And tries to talk to you and maybe it can then give you some vital information or just be like i've been really lonely (laughs) i don't i don't know if that's the message it's gonna give but you know what i would love that yeah be like what you doing coming near me and yeah so it could be an angle to give the like group information and then it just and then it's gone yeah yeet i'm out of here yeah yeah so i feel like that's pretty cool yeah what else about this? Um, oh yeah, quintessence layer. So obviously, if it picks a uh, like, if it's if it's like wind based or water based, it might end up residing in a certain area that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's wind based, it might be just up in the, like the top of the mountains where it can kind of just swirl and be part of the clouds, or it can be down by the water and then it can be like cyclone like or rainstorm like whatever it wants. When that happens and it has a layer, it then, of course, gets layer actions. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course. And that essentially becomes its layer because it doesn't need a castle. It doesn't need another home anymore. It's just in that quintessent um, state. Yeah. So it just picks a new home and resides there. So, yeah, it gives us, gives it a lot of other abilities um, based on the form that it is. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, so should we go through that in more detail? Because <laughs> it has specific layer actions, right? And that's something to remember about these ones, is that they're not just regular storm giants. They're actually legendary to a sense. They so, are. So to your point, like, they based on whatever form they're in, they do have layer actions, and they do have regional effects, too, which I think is really cool. So first, one of the options is a giant creates a thunderclap, and that can be anywhere in its lair, and... Um, so it basically, like, scares people away. Yeah. I think, I think that that's what that was. It's like for. the warning. Yeah, like, I'm here, right? Yeah, it, and they can also do 20-foot um, radius fear of fog. To so, kind of hide itself if it needs to, in my mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It can create a strong wind, and by strong wind, 60-foot long, 10-foot wide. So that would be very disturbing if you came across that. Which technically is what I, from what I understand, and I'm sure the internet will correct me, but a 10-foot wide... Like, 60 foot long, strong wind, I think is twice, like, normally, like, a line is only five feet. I think so. Even yeah. with dragons, it yeah. tends to be it's a five feet. and 30 feet, right? Which is, a, yeah. So, so the fact that it's, like, twice as wide and almost longer than a dragon's layer capability, to me, it speaks waves of the power of these giants, which kind yeah. of sucks that they fell to the dragons. Fuck the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and then they kind of spoke a little bit to like regional effects in general and the fact that they, the fact that they are like these storms is you're going to, you're going to feel the fact that there's strong winds or like super lightning or what have you. Like if you're getting close to the layer, it's going to be raining, it's going to be snowing, it's going to be lightning, it's going to be thundering, it's going to be, and like the best part is, is your party is going to think that this is just a normal storm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, no, this is, there's an actual being at the eye of this storm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and now you and I and everybody who listens to this is going to know, oh shit, there's something else going on here. Yeah, they're going to be like, And now they're going to be like, the jig is up, we know. There's a storm of ruin. <laughs> Not just any storm. I'm never going to watch Twister the same again from now on. Yeah. I'm be like, no, no, that's a storm giant. Like, yeah. <laughs> from now on, forever, as a person, whenever we have a thunderstorm here, like the mountains of BC are going to be like, oh... That'd be a storm giant. Storm giant's moving. <laughs> what is like? Okay, so like, I, when you were a kid, what did your parents tell you thunderstorms were? Uh, <laughs> I know that's a weird question, but like when I was a kid, I was always afraid of thunderstorms, and so my parents would always tell me that it was giants bowling. Really? In the sky. That was nearly the truth. <laughs> I know. And now I'm like, did my mom and dad fight storm giants? That's a great. That's a great um, origin story. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going with. <laughs> That word, origin story. The villain origin story uh, is that I was told as a young child that uh, thunderstorms were giants bowling in the sky, and I learned that that was actually real. And I'm like, I would like to be friends with a giant. Love it. That's my uh, origin my, story. My parents weren't that creative, I think. <laughs> my mom was more just the straight and narrow, like, it's it's a fucking storm, Casey. <laughs> it's a fucking storm. It just happens sometimes. <laughs> Don't <know>. worry. <laughs> Oh, man, so good. All right, um, yeah. so between the two of them, just talking about Storm Giants and then Storm Giant Quintessent, which one's your favorite, Casey? <sighs> I mean, Quintessent, I think if you can get past the fact that it's like the end of its days, <laughs> I think it's a pretty cool piece to add into a campaign and would be pretty cool to play as a DM. Because yeah. uh, it just has, well, legendary actions and like layer actions are always really cool. Yeah, I think that you yeah. said like a good point there, and the fact that remembering that it's the end of the Storm Giants' days. Yeah, which I don't think a lot of players would have the inherent knowledge that running into a quintessent Storm Giant means that this is one that is dying and will eventually be gone. Mm-hmm. Is like an, is weirdly an emotional piece that I think can easily be played upon if a player knew, or like your like your wizard knew, or like your sorcerer knew, and mm-hmm. being like, okay, well, this is actually a sad moment. Yeah. This is a being that is passing and then actually makes the team take a beat and respect and honor the fact that this thing is dying. Yeah. Right? What an emotional day that would be. Yeah, exactly. Um, especially since if it does end up taking its like original form temporarily, you would actually then know like who they were. Yeah. And even though it's temporary and it really would be one of their last things that they get to tell anyone whatever they say. So I think that's also why they would risk doing it um, versus just remaining, you know, in the background, letting people pass or destroying people or whatever. Yeah. But it would be like, well, it's now or never in some scenarios if they haven't come across people in years in that state. And it's just like, well, I need to do this before I move on. I need to pass on my knowledge. And can you imagine if your team did have like a cleric or like something that worshipped like a storm god or worshipped... Something that knew something about these giants. Yeah, and or like, even and, elemental based. Yeah, and like sees this storm happening and being like, no, we, I need to go. And I need mm-hmm. to send this and help this storm giant move along, right? Yeah. What are, or like your NPC that's with your party sees this storm and is like, I gotta go. But if you want to come help me, you can come help me. But I have to go send off. I like feel I feel like we're both on the verge of tears. <laughs> like, I'm oh, talking, yeah. talking about this poor quintessent storm giant. That's just on the end that's of the Oh my god. <laughs> Adam's like writing furious notes about different ways to make us cry. Yeah. (laughs) This is gold. This is absolute gold. Oh, I love that for us. Mm -hmm. Okay, enough of that. I'm done with that. Um, So when it comes to Storm Giants, I believe there's a couple of famous ones that we can kind of touch on, um, which I believe would be in the Storm King's Thunder. Do we know know much about those folks? Yeah, there's a little bit about um, a few of them. So the first one is uh, King Hecaton. King Hecaton. I just Um, say Hecaton. Say Hecaton. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Hecaton. 
So sorry. <laughs> They're going to kill us. The internet's going to eat us alive. <laughs> um, so King Hecaton is a storm giant king uh, that was abducted by the Kraken Society. And uh, he had two daughters that were very evil named Princess Mirin and Princess Nim. And um, then the fourth is Princess Sarissa, uh, who sits on the Worm Skull Throne. And she wears a, oh my god, words, Kralnor Scepter. So some of you may know what that is uh, right away. (laughs) Well, anyone who's played through um, <laughs> Storm King's Thunder would be like, we know more than you do. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and we're not, we're not afraid is... to admit that we don't know much about Storm King's Thunder. No, this is fun fact about this. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, but what is cool is because of this scepter, that's how she um, connects to the powers in the throne that she sits on. Yeah. So I think she would also be very terrifying to have to go and seek out or discuss with um, and the how she connects back to the other three is that she suspects that Hecaton killed her mother. Mm-hmm. So she uses that to her advantage by, like, visitors coming to see her. She will sometimes task them with going to get more information and trying to find out whether that's true or not. But yeah. I don't think even if she was going to be disproved... She would accept that. I think this is from her to her dying days. She will love this one hundred percent. And so just like, be like, this is this is what's happened. Yeah, <laughs> those are kind of spoilies for Storm King's Thunder. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like even if your party was to rock up to her and she's like, "Hey, like, this man killed my mom," but like, or didn't even tell you that. Just said like, "I want to know about this person. I think that they like did something terrible to my family. Can you please go and research this for me? I will reward you in great reward. X Y Z. Blah blah blah." blah. And then you rocked up and, like, started talking to this man. He's like, I didn't fucking do that. And then you go back and, like, yeah, you didn't do it. And she'd be like, I don't fucking believe that. I yeah. still want to kill this man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so. Agreed. Um, Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, to be fair. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kill your mom in any, like, how many story arcs? <laughs> how many fucking story arcs? But fuck, like, with, fuck with parents and kids. It's it's over. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like these folks can be utilized within other, like, in homebrew campaigns if you want to. So, again, most of the information you'll find about these ones are going to be in Storm King's Thunder, which is a module which gives you ideas and thoughts on how to utilize and play them within game. But their history and their thoughts, I feel like you can place that anywhere in the world. Like, could you yeah. imagine if, um, uh, what's her face? Sarissa was a storm giant quintessence. Yeah. And you rock up on this storm, and then she appears, and she's like, my dying wish is to avenge my mother's death. Please kill this man. I feel like that's a different way to play that story. Totally. Or the same thing as the sisters. You rock up to these sisters, like, in the middle of, like, a underwater ground cavern. And they're just like, yeah, like, this is our old home. This is where we grew up. Blah, 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 blah. Like, there's so many things that you can use these characters within a homebrew campaign. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Yeah. But yeah. Love it. all right so let's talk about um what it's like to play a storm giant as a dm so or just giants in general i think because we've talked about both today so i think that we can talk to as a dm if we were to have to npc and role play ourselves as storm giant what is something that you think that you would attach yourself to and like play and uh, any advice for those who would have to role play a giant what are your thoughts i think Depending on which one, it's I think it's really important to know where they fall in the hierarchy because mm. that will help you be able to play it appropriately as far as intelligence and how they would naturally behave. Yeah. Because it would not make sense for, like, a storm giant to just go in barreling like a hill giant or something would do. So to know the hierarchy and just be able to have that in the background, you can probably play it off a little bit better and understand why it is the way it is. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, if you're thinking, if you t- you have to take the ordning into account. Yes. So if you're, so if you're playing a general and role-playing a general giant or, like, playing a fire giant. You're not going to rock up to a storm giant and be like, what's up, my guy? Yeah. Like, this is not how it would roll. (laughs) Because you are so further down on the totem pole than you are a storm giant. Mm -hmm. So, like, you have to remember those things and take that into account. So I like that. That's a good thought. Enjoy that. Thanks. (laughs) Um, I think that, and I talked about it a little bit earlier, but I feel like if you're going to be role-playing a storm giant specifically, or a storm giant quintessent, um, understanding... 
They're... That's wine. That's the wine pour. <laughs> fill me up. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, Continue. Yeah. So, as I was saying, um, understanding, again, their, their social mechanics is, is very important. So, I spoke to it a little bit earlier and how storm giants are actually quite calm and collected. They're seers. They're oracles. You know what I mean? So, I almost feel like you have to kind of research what kind of language and how they would speak. And they would be a little bit more calm, collected. They might even speak in riddles. Mm-hmm. They might even only speak to you in giant with small words of common scattered here or there to give you half a message. There's nothing. It just reminds me of everything Adam has ever done to us again. <laughs> me too. And how we get half messages. Where half of it is in a language we understand, half of it is in a language we don't. And yeah. I feel like that is something you can really play into with a storm giant. Because it, when I imagine seers and oracles and things that are going to give you predictions, they're not just going to give it to you. They're going to bring it into a form of a riddle. They're going to give it to you in the form of a half-scribbled note that you can barely understand. A map that's missing half of it. Or an image that's burned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, or they're gonna let you see it for five seconds, and they're gonna take the, make the wind take it away from you. Yeah, like they're gonna give you a piece of it. Yeah, so that you can make your own thoughts and understanding of what's gonna happen to it. Because in my mind, if I think of anything oracle or predicting the future in any way, shape, or form, people's choices based on that information is going to change the course of that future. So in order to maintain the course of the future, I feel like a storm giant would understand. I can only give you so much information. Yeah. So I think that that's a beautiful piece to kind of remember. Love it. Love it so much. Yeah. And then also, if you're going to play a quintessent, remembering that you are a sad banana. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Score some guilt points and some drama, for sure. Score some guilt points. (laughs) Be like, I want that on a shirt. (laughs) All right, Casey, any final thoughts before we wrap up today? Oh, man. I'm just... I have a whole new respect for for giants in general and mm. storm giants in particular. I would love to come across a storm giant now and do whatever I can to talk to it, not try and fight it. Yeah. But it's just, uh, I don't know, it's got so many different angles and so many abilities and skills that bodes so good for a story. So 100%. Love it. Yeah. No, I agree. I feel like there's a lot of... For a such a high regard creature with a not so detailed rich history, because in my mind, if I think about some of the things that I've researched for not only podcasts, but for playing in D&D in general, it's books and books and books and books and books of backstory, history, lore. This came from 3.5. This came from 7.5. This came from like someone's fucking EDM playlist. Like it's just, there's (laughs) so many things that you can put into something. And the fact that storm giants or just giants in general don't have a lot there's enough to go off of that you can be creative enough. And I think that that's something to remember is that the, the history went somewhere. So mm-hmm. I feel like it leaves a lot of room for a good, lot of good homebrew and a lot of good stepping off points. Right. Yeah. And I feel like they're not used in a positive light enough. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. talk to your giants. Yes. Yeah. I agree. It's not just smashy smash. Let's go in. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you agree. Cause I went from talk to your cobalt to talk to your giants, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah. Talk to your damn giants. <laughs> all right, so that's all for this giant summer special episode of on Storm Giants. Stay tuned next week when Casey and I head above the storm to the only other true giant that speaks common, and that would be the cloud giant. Nice, nice. Thanks for listening to this episode of It's a Mimic Podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com. And if you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at It's a Mimic. For other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. (laughs) (laughs) That was the cutest exit I've ever heard. Also, it's r slash it's a mimic. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I didn't check that before. <laughs> Bitch, that's Reddit. <laughs> Do I need to fix it? No, I think that animal will just leave that in. <laughs> I'm like, 
at r slash it's a big I'm like is that supposed to mean something sorry adam <laughs> We're going to do great. I promise. <laughs> All right. It will be. <laughs> it, it'll be what it be, Casey. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>